0: This is Speaking Well. I'm your host, Greg Dickinson. This is the podcast about communication and everyday life. In each episode, we will talk with a communication expert and scholar and explore how communication research can provide resources for navigating complex interactions. We'll talk about relationships and politics, social media and film, public speaking and private talk. In this podcast, we will offer straightforward, but often challenging explorations about communication centrality to our lives. This This week, week we're talking to to Liz Parks. Parks. Liz Parks is an assistant professor in the Department of Communication Studies at Colorado State University. She blends social scientific and humanistic approaches to studying human communication to better understand how we can improve ethical listening with people different from ourselves, whether that difference is based on ethnicity, race, language, culture or gender. Liz, it is great to have you here with us today. Thanks for taking some time out of your day.
1: Yeah, joy to be with you.
0: Can you tell us, Liz, a little bit about what you do here at Colorado State University?
1: Of course, yeah. I uh, wear a few different hats like I think a lot of us on faculty do here at CSU. But I tend to think about my work falling into three different buckets. I teach, I write, and I engage my communities and support them in whatever their goals are. So I guess when it comes to teaching, I tend to teach courses related to understanding and improving our communication relationships that matter to us, whether that's our personal lives or in our broader communities. And those classes tend to be related to cultural diversity and difference, to listening and to dialogue. And I love those courses because I learn so much from my students. And what I teach them also kind of comes out of those classes, but also from my second bucket of work, which is research and writing. And I tend to write about issues related to our well being. So that could be our well being as individuals, how do we thrive as individuals, or related to our communities and how we can create structures and infrastructures and cultures in which people and communities can thrive. And then the kind of the third bucket is related to engaging my communities and engaged scholarships. So I personally involved in different communities locally and globally, and so I think about how I can take that research and that teaching about well-being, about diversity, about difference, about listening, about dialogue, and use it to create spaces for other people that I care about um, so that they can also pursue whatever the good life is for them.
0: That sounds great. I love the way, and this has been true for the other folks we've chatted with, uh, the teaching, the research and the kind of service to our communities weave together. Um, I want to pick up in particular on the theme of listening. That's kind of the theme for today in our in our conversation. I would just like to dig into that a little bit. Could, could you just offer us a definition of listening or maybe two or three definitions of listening, if that's easier? <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know me well. Settling on one definition of listening is really hard, but I think what I can do is give a little bit of a framework about how I think about listening. Um, There's a lot of scholars that have been working really hard at kind of coming up with a cohesive definition of listening through, you know, decades now. But all of those definitions and the ones that I typically play with and use in my own work uh, relate to listening as being comprised of three different components. One of those being affect, one of those being behavior, and one of them being cognition. And I kind of shorthand call these the ABCs of listening Mm. when I'm talking with other people about listening. So basically, if I were to define or describe listening, I would say that listening is partially affective. It involves our motivations. Do you actually even want to listen to this person or to this group? How do you feel about listening? Are you enjoying it or are you not? Um, And that's, that's one component of listening is just, are we in tune to the process? Do we want to do it to begin with? And then there's behavioral listening and this is typically what when I when I talk with people and say I study listening this is what they go to it's the stuff that first comes to mind when I ask, you know, what what's a good listener look like? They say things like, oh, they make good eye contact. They nod their head. They uncross their arms. It's all these behaviors that we do to show people that we're engaged with them, that we're listening with them. And so this is another really important part of listening. It's the stuff we hear. It's the stuff we see. It's the stuff that we do and that we can kind of look at someone or listen to someone and say, Hey, you are listening to me. Behaviorally, I can tell that you're doing that. Then the third part of listening and how we think about listening and define it is cognition or cognitive listening. And that's basically what's going on in our brains, how we're processing all this information that's coming at us, what we're seeing, what we're hearing, what we're smelling, what we're touching and making sense of all of that different sensory information all those different messages coming at us it's not just us listening to what's going on in the brain of some other person or the the text that we're listening to but it's actually taking it in context you know what what's going on in the broader scenario what's important in this particular relationship so that's kind of foundation to Foundational to my definition of listening is this affective behavioral and cognitive uh, Approach to how we attune to what matters in the moment And I typically frame all of my listening as this sort of invitation To someone else to use their voice So I talk about listening as the first act of communication not the second act I don't think of listening necessarily as just a response to somebody else's voice or to what somebody says. In fact, I think of the responsive part of listening as the very last thing that we do when we're listening. I I heard this great metaphor once that I love that described listening more like a bowl or a glass or a pitcher into which speech is poured. So our listening ends up giving shape to how other people speak what they say, the messages that they give. It's kind of this, this invitation to engage and to create a holding space for that, for their words, for their voice.
0: Yeah, so, so if I'm hearing you right, my willingness to listen to you helps you be ready to speak and maybe shapes or frames a little bit of, of what it is you're going to, to say. And, and by saying, I mean all those parts of communication, the nonverbal, paraverbal, verbal, contextual stuff
1: yeah exactly exactly and i think we kind of all know that this happens right when we are face to face with somebody who's not listening well we maybe talk shorter we change the way that we deliver our message because of how they are aren't listening to us in the moment
0: if i take that kind of bowl or vessel seriously there are different bowls and different vessels and so i am going to make an assumption that what constitutes good listening responsive listening varies from person to person. That may be different, I'm guessing. I'm curious what you have to say about this because of my individual or your individual characteristics, but also on kind of cultural variables as a coming out of the identities that I carry with me. Can you talk a little bit about what constitute differences in good listening?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you have it exactly right, Greg. There's these you know individual patterns that we have our stories our backgrounds shape how we as individuals might get at listening so um, some people talk about listening as very task oriented like I'm gonna go into a meeting and I need to get this thing done and so we listen in a particular way to get the task done mm. which is a very different type of listening than say empathetic or empathic listening where You are, you know, trying to engage with people's emotional well-being and listen to where they're coming from in the moment. And it's more important to pay attention to how people are feeling than necessarily get something done. Right. And so each of us as individuals have these patterns that we tend to adopt one approach as our kind of default or a couple approaches as our default. And then there's another approach that doesn't really come up as quickly or as easily for us as individuals because of our personality. So for myself, I'm not actually a great time-oriented listener, like my personality, perhaps how I was raised in my background, perhaps it has to do with other identity characteristics, but for whatever reason, um, I think of time as, you know, a little fluid, a little flexible. And so Mm -hmm. I can struggle when I need to listen for 30 seconds and be done um, because these kind of people oriented listening, empathic listening is how I think of listening first. Right, Mm -hmm. And so I can struggle with these other really important types of listening or styles of listening or orientations to listening because of my own personality. But this is across cultures, true, right? We Mm -hmm. learn to listen in certain ways because we have been asked to or expected to. I think back in in my own background as a kid, coming from a multi-ethnic, multi-racial home, when my grandparents on my mother's side would visit, um, there was kind of the expectation in the morning that we wouldn't actually speak to them until they spoke to us first, because as we know, you know, children should be seen and not heard. And that's how we showed respect is how we showed that we were listening and attuning to them. But on the flip side, when my dad's side of the family came to visit, and I wanted to show respect to those elders. I needed to be the very first person to go up and show them respect, to say good morning. And so it wasn't children should be seen and not heard, but rather you do the groundwork, you do the effort to to show that you're being attentive to their needs. In both cases, it was listening with respect, but culturally it, it showed up in practice very, very differently as far as what was expected in the moment
0: those are great, great examples of really different approaches. Liz, as I think about my own listening practices, I often think about how listening well can be good for the person I'm listening to, for my interlocutor. But I suspect that it's it's good for me too to, to slow down and, and really pay attention to uh, the person I'm speaking with. Can you talk about the impact of ethical listening both on the listener and on the person who I'm listening to?
1: Yeah, of course. It's such a good point that it is changing us that the listening practice and process itself is impacting who we are and impacting the people around us. And I guess one of the things I would say first is that I don't think that listening is all good. Like any kind of communication, it can actually be used for good or bad depending on how it's used. So it's not really so much a question of ethical listening being all about listening more but actually learning when and how to listen better for our goals and for our ends, for ourselves and for the people around us. And I think what I have consistently heard from the people I've talked to, the different communities and cultures that I've talked to about how to be good listeners, how to be ethical listeners, it constantly goes back to this posture of being humble and to being vulnerable and to actively opening ourselves up to this continuous practice of learning. Everybody seems to say, you know, I feel listened to when somebody shows that they're trying to understand. In fact, when they get there and they're like, I fully understand, in some ways we kind of shut the listening process down because we already got what we needed. We are already reached our goal. But when we continue to adopt this position of not knowing, of humility, of, especially when we're in positions where people are looking to us to know, to be able to kind of flip the script and say, you know, help me understand. Help me understand what you're going through. Help me understand who I am in this moment and what I can't see about myself. This impacts the conversation, impacts the relationship, but also changes who each of, us are in that moment and in that conversation. And cognitive science is actually really clear about this, that when we, as listeners, really pay attention cognitively, behaviorally, affectively, you know, the whole listening process, when we're really paying attention to the people that are talking to us and sharing their stories, our brain patterns shift, our perceptions shift. We actually literally cognitively change. Um, And that helps us become better listeners. And I think it has the potential to help us become better people when we listen in the right way and listen to more diverse stories, listen to more diverse people, diverse languages, diverse standpoint, literally changes our brains and expands how we see the world and how we see ourselves. And for me, I think that gets at the heart of your question. I think it's just incredible that we as listeners when we give other people the space to use their voice to share their voice we're also inviting that voice into ourselves to change us and together we can create these spaces of belonging and well-being that we so badly need right now
0: heading back to one of the first conversations we had in this series speaking well communication and support and that that sense of the ways in which communication and in particular, the practice of listening can help us feel as though we're beside somebody or with them, or we've created a, some sort of commonality together. And it's, it's a really moving, moving thing to think about. As we move, Liz, into this holiday season, for those of us at the university, it means a little more time away from the university. For the, the rest of us, it may mean more time in our various units that we, that we call home or you know, under Covid conditions. Who knows what it means? Listening well and carefully seems particularly important and particularly challenging over the course of my of my life. Those that some of those moments of trying to be really present with others that have been hardest have been those moments at home. Can you give us one or two practices that can help us improve our listening over the coming days?
1: Yeah, I think you're so right. There's there's something unique that happens, especially over the holidays, but in our home spaces in our In our private lives especially when we're tired Mm. coming off of a long semester or what has been just an interminably long year (laughs) that it it becomes important to remember that i think a lot of our holidays no matter which holidays you celebrate are times of celebration but are also times of remembrance and whenever we enter these times of remembrance We bear witness to our own stories and to the stories of others, and we are complex. We have a lot of different feelings going on. I think we can simultaneously hold spaces of celebration with times of grief that we're navigating. And so one of the first things I guess I would say in order to improve our listening in the holidays I don't think it can be overstated to really ground ourselves in compassion, not just pretend that we're listening in the moment, not even demand that others speak so that we can be listeners, but really pause and recognize that we are complex, we are multiple, and that we can expand our senses to listen beyond just with our ears to what people are saying verbally but we can use our eyes we can we can use our nose we can u- listen to the air around us and be much more holistic about how we engage the people that we care about in this moment recognizing that we have limits they have limits and together we're going to both celebrate and remember complex times and stories and I think that has helped me personally, I guess, navigate holidays that are inflected with so much, especially when I'm tired. And I guess maybe that's the second thing I would say as far as a tip is there, there's these common myths that I run into about listening, that it's natural, that it's effortless, that we just do it by default. But we actually all know that this isn't true, that at the end of a very long day, sometimes the hardest thing we can do is to be authentically present, to really attune ourselves to the people around us, to the people we care about, Um, that we don't necessarily bring our authentic best selves to the moment. We bring our authentic, I don't feel like changing for you selves to the moment because we're just so tired. Um, But that willingness to change is so fundamental to being a good listener that one thing I do when I'm really tired is to be really honest with myself am I actually willing to change in any way right now oh. is there anything that this person could say or do that would change my mind change my behaviors change my feelings right that affective behavioral, and cognitive listening like. If I'm not willing to change any of that, then maybe this isn't actually the time to try to be a good listener. And so I would encourage you all to be mindful of your own listening resources. Uh, Listening is active, It, it takes energy. So if you're not able to fully listen in the moment, maybe it is as simple as putting your phone away, setting your email aside, giving someone your full attention but maybe if you're really exhausted and you take into account where you personally are at and are mindful of that, being compassionate with yourself as well, perhaps the better strategy is to say, show very clearly that, that you see this person, that you're with this person, but at this very moment, you're not actually able to be an ethical listener. You're not actually able to fully engage in listening and so to schedule a different time to do it instead because we just can't be everything for everyone all the time but we can be really intentional about our listening and show up when it really matters and make space and time during the holidays but during our everyday lives to actually be there in the way that we mean to be there and not fake our way through it.
0: I have lots of thoughts zipping around in my mind as you talked through that thinking a little bit about with you uh, about bringing our whole selves to a communicative event our our minds but our bodies our senses that seems new for me over the last few years and, and seems super powerful but also that notion liz that you offered that communication when it's working well happens at a moment when i'm willing to not only ask other people to change but i'm willing to change myself and I think that's something that communication, as a as a discipline, as a way of thinking, it offers in particular that that sense that we're connected when we have a a chance to to move each other. As always, I'm moved by these conversations. So so thank you so much, Liz, by taking some time out of this day to have this conversation with me.
1: Yeah, well, thanks, Greg, for listening me into being in this moment. Appreciate this conversation. Appreciate all that you bring to these spaces.
0: Thanks so much. Thank you. Speaking Well is a production of the Department of Communication Studies and the College of Liberal Arts at Colorado State University. Carol Bush is the producer, and the podcast is recorded and engineered at the studios of KCSU at Colorado State University. I'm your host, Greg Dickinson. Until next time, be well.